Welcome to the Financial Heartbeat Podcast with Mike Klauke. In this podcast, we talk about overcoming the challenges families and business owners face in their financial lives. We discuss big and small life events, the implications, and how to plan ahead and control what you can. Let us help you redefine the retirement that's in front of you into a better one. Now, on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to another podcast with Mike Klauke. Now today, yes. Mike, this is a... What's that? It's not a fun topic. No, and I think it's fascinating to me that that you're going to cover this, right? Uh, first off, I know that there's going to be stuff that I can learn like I always do when I'm with you, but the, the idea here is is like, poof, your job is gone. I mean, right. th- this happens to people. It does. And a lot of times people are shocked when I tell them that in many cases for my long-term clients, I'm the first one they call. Yeah. You know? oh my God, my job's eliminated. What the heck am I going to do now? I've got to come up with a plan. You know, sometimes you saw it coming. I mean, I had one recently, Matt, where you were sort of sitting around and frankly, we were all sort of going severance, 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 you know, and (laughs) and the person, you know, was about five years away from retirement, but you know, really, you know, a year's worth of money and I could go find a job and be a lot less stressed. I'm okay with that. You know, Mm -hmm. it was sort of that person's take on that one. But in this case, this really hit me hard because, you know, this person had been there and, and to say, I mean, this is, you know, even it's a strong economy, you know, this person had been working for the company for 25 years and was absolutely shocked. And so what we did was we came up with a plan and it's basically five steps. It's five steps that you need to do when it's, oh my God, my job is now gone. All right. Well, just take us through step one. Well, yeah. First thing is, and this is a very, I, I don't know how else to say it is take a deep breath. The worst part, you know, is, and was for this gentleman a shocked, he was 56 years old. And while we had sort of been sitting around going, yeah, this could happen. You know, he really thought he was going to be okay. And we figured we had five or six more years before he could retire. The good news is they're going to be giving him a severance and they are going to give him about a 30 day notice. So it gave him a little bit of time. And, and the 30 day notice was unique because it was like, we're going to keep paying you like you're working for 30 days. We want you on retainer. We want you to solve some problems for us. But bottom line is we also want you to look for a job because you have been a good employee and we're feeling, you know, I mean, this, this wasn't a conversation this company wanted to have. This wasn't a, you know, no one did anything wrong. It was a situation. Does that make sense, Matt? It does. But my question to you is then how often in your experience are you seeing a severance being offered? I'm still seeing it a lot now for this sort of a job, but I really believe it's going to be less and less. And as you have, like, I know of someone that lost a job that was at a place 10 years. I mean, they basically gave them a, about a month, you know, a pay. They helped a little bit with health insurance, but there really wasn't a severance package. And I think we're going to see more of that, Matt, because part of it is right now, the employer that's letting you go is looking out at the world going, hmm, it looks awful good you know, 3%, 4% unemployment, you should be able to go find a job. So go get one. Sure. I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what I'm seeing. But at least in our area for the longer term 
point, we are still seeing severances. They're not as good as they were, say, 10 years ago, but there's still some severances there. Okay, so now we've taken a breath and yep. we've hopefully calmed and collected ourselves and, of course, called you, Mike. And well, now what do we do? Well, and then the first thing I normally do is meet with my client right away. And the first thing I do is take an inventory. You know, I look at everything that they have for liquid assets. Now, we have done, they have done an, excep- an exceptional job. They do have three months of emergency funds and extra, even actually some extra money in the bank. And then they've got another three months worth of money in a short duration bond mutual fund. So they have six months of very easily accessible money to pay expenses. You know, the severance package was his base paying a lump sum for 25 weeks. So by the time we really looked at that, even after taxes, they're going to have about another half a year's worth of income to pay bills. And the really good news in this case, because this is something that I don't cover a lot here, but one of the things you immediately have to do is look at health insurance and say, okay, I mean, what am I going to do for coverage? Because, you know, you don't want to have a lapse in coverage in case you have the, you know, sort of the ultimate (laughs) problem where all of a sudden, not only have you lost your job, you've lost your health insurance, but then you have a big medical bill on top of it. Bottom line is in this case, his wife had health insurance. So again, it's one of those things that especially if it's shocking and it's fast, and I'll quickly talk about health insurance you know, we typically will even sign up for Cobra, even though it's very expensive, Matt, for at least a little bit of time, you know, just to sort of get your bearings and figure out what do you want to do. So we're a whopping five minutes into the podcast and you already address something that through panic, I don't think I would have thought of. Oh, the health insurance? Yeah, totally. Like seriously, I don't, I honestly don't know if that would have been even on my radar. Well, if you're dealing with a good home, a good HR department, they're definitely going to talk to you about it. Like in this case, even though he didn't have the health insurance, they would, you know, they sent him all of the COBRA paperwork and they talked about, you know, make sure you have health insurance, but it's just something that we talk about. And then you have to look at your other benefits too. I mean, he did take the dental and his dental is significantly better than his wife's dental. So they are going to cover the dental. And there were a couple of other things. He's not going to keep his life insurance because they don't need it. But yeah, it, it, it just, you know, those were the couple of things that they did definitely. And they definitely looked at to be ready. And I, I, you know, I think you have to do that and you have to just make sure that you're ready for, you know, so, so you don't have a huge gaping hole of a liability because, you know, all of a sudden you get in an accident and there can be a hundred thousand dollar bill there very fast, Matt. Right. Well, okay. Speaking of bills, <laughs> right. Uh, and, and after you take an inventory, the, the next one seems to be step three seems to be quite logical. Yeah. Create a budget. I mean, that's list every expense that you think you're going to have and determine if it's an expense that can be lowered or even postponed. You know, for instance, a lot of my clients, you know, especially someone at his age, you know, the couple's age, 56-ish, you know, they're paying extra because one of our goals for our clients is if possible, we like them not to have any debt once they retire. So for instance, if you're paying an extra amount of money against your mortgage, you might say, okay, my regular payment would be a thousand dollars, 
but right now I'm paying 2,500. Well, you know, it might make sense to go down to that regular payment for a little bit while you're trying to figure out your budget or while you're trying to get, you know, look, you know, trying to get settled and you figure out what you're going to have. The other thing that once you look at all of your bills is then you need to look at what income you might have coming in. You know, will you get unemployment? How will it work? You know, and, and in our case, we live over, you know, right in the corner between Wisconsin and Minnesota, and there is a fairly large difference. The other thing that you really need to talk to your accountant about, and I, and I recommend you do this right away, is how should you handle taxes on your lump sum severance and also on your unemployment? You know, on the lump sum severance, you're sometimes going to pay a lot of taxes because I don't know if you know how it works, Matt, but what they do, let's say all of a sudden you're going to get a check for like $20,000 and I'm way oversimplifying this because that's the severance. They're going to look at that like, oh, you get paid every two weeks. You're going to get $20,000 every two weeks. Guess what happens to your taxes? Oh my gosh. They go up a lot. So in a lot of cases, I've had my accountants say, you know, we need to go in right away and we need to change how many exemptions you have, you know, so that bottom line is maybe you're, you know, you, you go to four or five because you don't want so much withheld. Or what I've had a couple of accountants say is we know you're going to pay a lot of taxes in your lump sum. So instead of worrying about that, we just won't connect. We won't take any taxes out of the unemployment and figure when we do your taxes at the end of the year, we'll be pretty close because, you know, out of that lump sum, a larger chunk of money is going to come out. Man, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I want you to know that I'm sitting here because, you know, I mean, my, my, I have friends of mine who've experienced this recently and, and one, you know, uh, the, the lump sum severed a friend of mine in Chicago, uh, just had this experience and, and I don't know if she did this stuff. And so I'm going to make sure I forward this podcast to her. Um, okay. So that was step three, create a budget. Step number four is another, I would assume kind of an overlooked thing or where people make a lot of missteps. So help us with number Oh, four. they really do. And, and, and this person, you know, all right, I'm the financial advisor. What do you do with your retirement accounts? You know, this is a pop quiz. Everybody out there is going, well, Mike, the financial advisor is going to say, well, you need to move this account immediately to the best IRA that I have. Well, the key was, is how old is he? He's 56 years old. Now, a couple things you do first. First, you're going to want to see how much you're putting in your 401k. In this case, the person's actually putting 15% in, but the match was only 5%. Again, cash flow is going to be the key right away. You know, I mean, you want to have as much cash as you can have. So bottom line is he's going to lower his contribution. He did down to the 5%. Now, we still want to take the free money from the company. And it isn't free money. It's money that is part of your benefit package. But we also want to get, you know, that extra money that we can have to pay bills and be liquid while, while you're looking for the job. Now, also in this case, this is why I was starting with, it really does make sense for him to leave his money inside of his 401k because he was 56 years old. You know, if you're over age 55 and between 59 and a half, now this is going to shock you, Matt, the government has a special rule. You know, the tax code says if it comes out of a plan like a 401k, you do not have to pay the 10% penalty. 
However, the mistake that people make is they roll it into an IRA. If you roll it from your 401k into an IRA, you lose that ability and then you cannot get the money out until 59 and a half without paying a penalty. I mean, there's some other ways to get money out of IRAs, but bottom line is it makes so much more sense for you to leave the money at least in the the plan for Mm -hmm. the short term while you figure this out, you know, because this went from when he's 56 to when he's 59 and a half, he, you know, can have access to it. They will do a mandatory 20% withholding because any times, Matt, you take money out of a retirement plan directly from the retirement plan, the government says we want our cash. So they're going to take sure. 20%, but they're not going to charge you that 10% penalty. So, you know, keep the math simple on a $10,000, that's a thousand less dollars you're going to give yeah. to the government. Unless you really like to pay the government, (laughs) you know, it it makes sense. The other thing that we need to talk about is he did have a Roth 401k and he was actually contributing to the Roth. Now I recommended, and, and we actually met with his tax preparer, talked to his tax preparer, and they recommended that we switch the contribution for that last payment into a regular 401k because it would be pre-tax instead of after tax. He said to us, you know, in the big picture, guys, I really like the Roth. I've always liked the Roth and I'm going to keep the Roth. So that was fine. I mean, that was his decision. But again, it's something to think about. One thing that we should point out, he actually had on the advice of his accountant started a Roth. Oh, quite a while ago, just a small Roth on the outside. Well, the neat thing is when we roll down the road, the Roth into a Roth on the outside of the plan. Um, the neat thing is because he's held that other Roth for more than five years, a whole bunch of things immediately become federally tax free at 59 and a half. And if he needs to, he can actually get his principal out without paying taxes according to his tax preparer. So there's some pretty cool things that you can do. And, and, and that's why it's so important to have that financial team. You know, we had a lot of this stuff set up. He had the emergency fund. We, we knew a basic budget. We were on track for retirement. And yes, this was a shock, but, you know, in the big picture of life, we're still, you know, assuming he can find a job, still five or six years away from him retiring. I've heard the 59 and a half number so often uh, that I had no idea about the 55. Well, the 55, again, is very unique. The 55 is only for retirement plans, and you have to take the money out directly from the plan. Now, some plans are only going to allow you to take one distribution. Well, if that's the case, then sometimes, again, hypothetically, you know, there's $50,000 in there, you're 56 years old, and you're like, I need $10,000 over the next six months. Well, you might have to take that full 10 out at one time and figure the taxes out to make it work. Because some companies, you know, they say, we're going to let you take one distribution. Other companies will let you set up a systematic withdrawal out of the account, which his would do, so that if he did, if we did run out of all of their money, we still had that 401k as a backup. So if you are between 55 and 59 and a half and you leave a company, you, you, you have to terminate during those four and a half years. 
really understand the whole rollover process. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so this five-step system, just to, to recap here, is number one, take a breath. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and while you're taking a breath, pick up the phone and, and call Mike at his office. Number two, take an inventory. Number three, you need to create a budget, a real budget. Uh, step number four is, is to, to meet with your financial professional to talk about what to do with your retirement counts. And, and number five brought a smile to my face. Mike, let's talk about number five. Well, this is the fun part. Now you get to see what you're going to do with the rest of your life. You know, in this case, you know, he was in a very good position for retirement. And, you know, we really talked quite a bit and he talked to his family and he talked to his friends and he talked to some of his mentors and, you know, and, and what he said was, you know, he had a good base bill. What he needed to do was find a job that could pretty much, you know, allow him to pay off his mortgage, continue to make that payment, put some money away from retirement. But, you know, he was actually looking for a job that he could maybe only work 40, 45 hours a week. He had been in a job where he was putting significantly more than that. And, you know, he said, you know, God, if I could get back to just sort of a sane work life, you know, I could see myself working another nine years until 65 where the old job, he was counting down the days to 62. So, you know, he's looking, I, you know, I'm sure he, you know, he did find a job. This is a couple of years ago. He's, you know, it, it ended up working out well, but the reason I think it's so important to do this is yes, the shock is, I mean, work is so important to most of us, myself included, that all of a sudden to have it like, whoa, you're not going to be here anymore. And in this case, it was nothing he did. It was just a change of, of where the company was going. Bottom line is, is that, you know, once, once we sort of got through steps one through four, we, you then can sit back and sort of look at the big picture and go, you know, this might not be the worst thing in the world. And I can tell you in this case, he's much happier today than he was then. So it, it did work out okay. But again, the key is you, the first thing you have to do is just sort of take a deep breath and say, okay, wh- how do we get started? When you're in a smaller location, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in your experience, when this has happened in the past, the severance has happened, you know, they're very, very proficient in some sort of career because they've done it for so long. How often have you seen that people who are in the situation, maybe even start their own business? Oh. Help me with that. See that all the time. I see people have started their own business. I've seen people go into completely different careers. I've seen people who've known people who've gone and done something very different, but starting your own business, starting a consulting firm, doing something completely, you know, using the skills you have, but doing it yourself is really key. I've also seen people relocate that weren't planning on relocating, not because it was, it was sort of like, oh, you know, I'm 56 years old. This wasn't this case, but I'm thinking of somebody I know personally who was like, you know, my child just went to college. Hmm. Gee darn. Now I have an opportunity to be in Arizona instead of being hmm. in lacrosse. And he made a lateral move. You know, he had planned on, he, 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 you know, Matt, and this is hard to believe because I know you're in Michigan and, and, you know, people are listening all over the country, but bottom line is he didn't want to be in our winters anymore. <laughs> I, I don't really know why. I mean, they're fun. I don't you either. know when you have the polar vortex for a month, um, or snow every other day, but you know, he thought, yeah. you know, that when this opportunity in his company came up in Arizona, that he never really even saw coming. It was like, what the heck? I'm going to go for it. And, you know, and he and his wife moved and, you know, and they sold their house and now they're in the warm confines of Arizona, which is awesome. So I think, I think Matt, the key is, is that I think you have to really just open up your mind and say, 
you know, we'll see where the world takes us and, and don't be afraid to, to look at doing something different. Now, the bigger picture of this podcast today isn't just, you know, what happens if your job goes poof, right? It's it's really what to do in an emergency. So in closing, would you like to walk people through that? Well, you know, it's always have a solid emergency fund, three months preferable, six months of expenses and liquid assets. You know, I also think it's good to always have an updated resume. I have an updated resume. I have been doing this insane. I've been in this insane industry since 2000 or 19, 2000, God, 1983. So, you know, I really don't need a resume, but I do have one, you know, because, you know, it's good to have the resume so that you can always keep your brag page updated so that you, you know, I was helping my son write one and he's like, well, I haven't done anything yet. I've only been boom, boom, boom. And heck, by the time we were done, he was shocked at everything we had come up with that he had accomplished in his, you know, 19 years. Um, Again, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it just gives you something to fall back on. So if something bad happens, you're, you're ready. And then I also think it's really important to have a good relationship with a financial advisor. You know, again, I've, you know, someone like me that's worked in the industry a long time, I'm by no means perfect. I'm not going to tell you I am, but I've seen a lot of things and I, I have a lot of resources that I can call. And, you know, and I think that's really the key. I think that's why you hire someone else, you know, picking the investments and doing that part of it is, is, is certainly a part of what we do, but being there to be counsel and to be on almost like on retainer so that when something like this does happen, you know, we, we, you know, if this person called, they were in to see us within a day or two and, you know, and we started coming up with the plan and, and I, I think that's one of the things that people want us to be able to do. Yeah. Well, Mike, thank you. Thank you so much. I have a, I have a half page of notes here uh, that I'm going to, and then I'm going to share this podcast with my friend as, as soon as we get it edited and uploaded. But you know, this really just shows that you're in this relationship with your clients and not just your clients, but your community for the long haul. And, and Mike, for, for everybody who's hanging out uh, in the great white North that you hang yes. out in, I want to personally thank you for that. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And we've had an opportunity to work with a lot of people over the years and, and it's really very cool to watch people. And you know, what's scary now is when, when, um, kids are coming in, that's even, that's even more mm-hmm. crazy, but it's really cool. Well, you're their family's advisor, yes, right? Yes, we certainly are, and we're there to definitely help. All right. Uh, give us uh, give us the phone number again if, they, if they're if they in this situation and they want to give you sure. a call. 608-782-1642. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And if you know anybody who is uh, either uh, on the line or could very well have poof their job gone or they're already in that situation, please make sure that you share this podcast. Super duper easy. All you have to do is click that share button. Uh, and that way you can provide this magnificent information to people you care about to make sure that they are well taken care of by somebody like Clowkey at Clowkey Investments and Insurance. So with that, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to the Financial Heartbeat Podcast with Mike Clowkey. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you have questions for Mike, please call him at 608-782-1642. Visit his website at www.clowkeyfinancial.com or stop in for a visit at 635 2nd Avenue South on Alaska, Wisconsin, 54650. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., Klauke Investments and Insurance does not give legal or tax advice. Klauke Investments and Insurance and Securities America, Inc. are separate entities.